Hi there, I'm here with Alex from JLL and Chris from The Collective who are taking over as the new co-chairs of ULI's Young Leaders Committee. And we're going to chat through some of the issues and trends that these guys see as, as being pretty core to, to ULI's membership over the next couple of years and also listen to some of their own views and own experiences in, in some of the, the high-flying roles that, that they have had over the last few years. So, Chris, let's get started with you. Residential property is at the top of everyone's agenda right now, and the collective have been leading much of this with with uh, the new sector they've almost single-handedly created through co-living. Uh, and, and you, obviously, uh, you know, you've, you've come here from the States and, and you're involved with many different and exciting schemes at the minute. Yep. How are you finding, you know, what, what's the sort of, what's, what's the difference here from, from Los Angeles? There's obviously, you know, not quite got the, the weather or, or, the, or the rock and roll from, from definitely, LA. Definitely not the weather. We've still got, we've got a similar level of, of housing crisis, haven't we? Definitely. I mean, I, I, it's almost scary to draw the comparison sometimes because you can think of the same amount of time taking, taking your transit from home to work on the tube is not too dissimilar from what you would spend in your car. Only difference is you're not driving. Um, when you look at products and you go to residential products, I used to do multifamily in the States, um, in, in New York, LA, and San Francisco. Um, and across all those environments, what is coming now in PRS in the UK is nearly identical from what I can tell. I mean, the lessons learned and the way that they've been translated and then also improved um, and, and evolved has been very, very interesting to see. Our formulas, again, just a slight differentiation of that. It is effectively PRS. It's still the same format of you know small studios with some communal space. Um, I think the real difference in our product comes from how we program it. Um, it's how we... It's how we how incentivize. you curate it, how you make it fun. Yeah, you know, we, I think we've gone away from the idea of curating and kind of now we're, we're looking more at facilitation. You know, when we first opened the building... It's a very property work. We had, <laughs> yeah, you can, you, it's interesting. Like when we first opened the building nearly two years ago now, um, we didn't know what to do. We just, we, we had this building, we, we had this idea, but we had to get it let up as quickly as possible for the sake of our investors. And we had to figure out how we're going to actually create a community. So we started off curating saying, you know, here's this event that we think you'll love. Maybe come check it out. Here's, uh, something else that's going on. Here's another person in the building that you might like interacting with and try and curate that experience. And I think what we've learned the most is that it's not necessarily about trying to say, do you want this, but what do you want? Um, and asking, asking our residents that question and then seeing what comes of it. Um, so now I think it's north of 70% of our events are run by our tenants. Um, the residents come together and create little clubs. They, they feel empowered to do what they want and they kind of get this um, self-realization, if you will, sometimes living in the building. And, and, and the tone has changed significantly from when we were doing the kind of curatorial piece to now just saying, here's the facilities that you have, here's the staff and, and kind of manpower to help facilitate that. Let's make some things happen. So it's, it's been a bit of a shift. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's exciting. And, and Alex, in a slightly different sphere on, on the city investment side at JLL, is there much partying going on at JLL at the minute in the, in the city? What's, <laughs> what's the sort of post-Brexit vibe like? Is there think, much curation of fun? Uh, curation of Well, the commercial market um, is, is strong at the moment. We um, obviously had a, a difficult time, the whole market did, at uh, the end of 2016. But it's bounced back 
pretty pretty quickly. 2017 was a, a good year for commercial investment. And, f- and the economic fundamentals uh, for investing in the UK, investing in London remain strong. So actually, um, the unknowns of Brexit is a consideration, but um, the, the, the decision-making at the moment seems to be pretty consistent in terms of um, the sort of political story. It's really the housing agenda, which is uh, front and foremost at the moment, I would say. And, and in terms of, uh, I suppose, ULI's role in, in everything, it's been a great facilitator of, of, of events and, and bringing people together for, for many years. And, and Chris, particularly in the States, you, you know, you've worked with ULI in, in, in America and, and where, it, where it has tens of thousands of members. What, what do you see as, 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 as the kind of key priorities for the young leaders group here in, in Britain? What, what, you know, what, what needs it, to happen? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is just the idea of using the membership to, and, and the, the organization to share knowledge, right? So it's whether it's bridging the gap between the continent and the UK as Brexit kind of unfolds and how people are feeling, how those local, very local real estate markets are anticipating those changes to come or, or not. Um, you know, I think using ULI as an organization that is, you know, kind of, third-party, nonpartisan, kind of open and, and kind of looking towards thought, thought leadership and, and really developing that network of professionals that can share their, their information it, in a way that's... Yeah. You want to go? <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a multidisciplinary organization as well. I mean, there's so many people, yeah. whether it's architects, lawyers, surveyors, Public, engineers, private, all coming yeah, yeah. together. And actually, that's part of its strength and, and contributes to that thought, thought leadership. And also, I think some of it's about looking over the horizon and seeing if you can identify those trends before they they hit. So giving that sort of vision um, before it happens. What are some of those trends, Alex? I mean, you've been involved with uh, you know with a with a pretty pretty high profile leading think tank in in recent years. You're obviously pretty close to the ground in terms of the investment market, which is obviously is utterly utterly interlinked with socio-economic and, and geopolitical trends that we're seeing. And, uh, how, how much control do we have? How much control do we have in the UK of, of what's actually going on right now? Control in, in the sense of... Well, how, how much, to what degree can we direct our outcomes or, or are we just at the mercy of stuff that's happening? No, I think there's a, there's a political responsibility to be very proactive about steering our future and, and clearly the government at the moment has taken the housing agenda as a, a clear priority for steering where we should be going with that. I mean, if, to look at your broader question, I'd say that demographics is what we should be looking at very carefully. If you're looking at both housing and also commercial uses. The demographic story tells you a lot about what you can expect down the pipeline. I mean, on the housing side, I think the conversations turned recently to a much more multi-tenure, multi-choice offer. So we're talking less about um, housing to buy, uh, but also the, I mean, big development PRS. Diversity of product. Diversity of product. So that's that's key. And I think another area that we as a, a real estate sector need to focus on is the aging society because we have a, a baby boomer population coming through that aren't really provided for at, at the moment. And then if you look at the commercial side, it's about sort of changing um, space. So space as a service, and that has implications for, for lease lengths and the, the ramifications are, are, are quite uh, considerable, I would say. And, and Chris... How how much of a, a solution do you think 
the private sector can play because ultimately lots of these new schemes have tons of nice bells and whistles attached to them but i mean isn't the problem purely a price supply one? or a price yeah i mean there's there's so many w ways you can spin that i think one thing we were talking about earlier was um the shift that's kind of recently also taking place relative to like local controls versus regional or, or national controls and how that's shifted and going back to kind of you know uk versus the us it's happening so you mean planning in, yeah in both places so i think you I know, suppose in the states you print your own land don't you so it's a bit, it's a bit, <laughs> a bit easier isn't it <laughs> to a degree um I, I think that the, the more interesting conversation is around how those controls are used and regulated um you know if you if you look at now and kind of the recent piece i was reading on how Theresa may has uh, chosen to in MPPF. I don't know the exact format, but basically taking the control or hopes to take maybe the control back to the level of the the national policy advisors if the local agencies are not hitting their targets. And the exact same thing is happening in in California, in New York, through Senate bills, which is effectively the same same type of. So format. the difference here is that the local councils have just been sticking their fingers up at the government. For but years, that's the that's the exact same way it works everywhere. In, in my international experience, I mean, I'm looking I'm working in Frankfurt and Berlin at the moment, and it's the same exact thing. Um, well, I suppose Germany is a is a federalized uh, country, isn't it? So it is it's quite different from the, from the UK in that sense, where you you know you do have those federal governments have very clear mandates over what they can do and can't do and, and the subsidies that go along with that and, and, and the general policy. But, but when you come down to a deal-by-deal deal negotiation for a planning approval that will ultimately deliver or not deliver said housing units, that's usually a very local control. And I think there's, there's a lot of friction there that's not allowing things to move at the pace that they necessarily need to, to meet the need. And that's maybe where that change is coming from. I mean, I'm, I'm by no means an expert in... in how national policy works or even how local policy works. But in my personal experience, it is very similar. You go to a planning commission meeting here at, at any of the 33 boroughs in London, it's almost identical to the ones I've been to in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. And uh, the same meetings that I've had in Frankfurt and Berlin, we're not quite at that stage yet, but it's nearly identical. And, and Alex, what what are some of the, the things that, that you want to be doing with ULI over the next couple of years? What, what, what can people expect from Young Leaders Group and, and what kinds of people would you like to see getting involved? I think we're, as I said, we're a very multidisciplinary organisation, so we embrace a pretty wide engagement. Um, in terms of what the current committee is doing, it's a great um, great job that they're working on at the moment. So I think really what we want to do is tapping into what Chris has said about the US experience is uh, widen the, uh, grow the ULI profile, widen also the geography. So we're quite London focused at the moment. So maybe open that up as well. And as part of doing that, widen the reach of the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's about having these conversations that we're already having, but seeing if we can get to an audience that we haven't yet spoken to before. And as part of that, we welcome anyone and everyone involved in real estate to come and j join our debates and conversations. Yeah, I think the more voices we have in that conversation, yeah. the more those edges can get rounded and we can figure out how we're actually going to move forward uh, through some of these major macro problems. To pick up on a, a topical theme at the moment, diversity. So w the real yeah. estate sector is looking at that and the ULI uh, also embraces a, a, a mix of people from all sorts of different backgrounds being and, part of that. And what, what still needs to be done with that because there's been a lot obviously post MIPIM there were lots of uh, you know it's a bit of a, been a few slanging matches on Twitter haven't there with, with various press articles that came out criticising the event and not criticising the event what, what obviously as, as a woman working in a very male dominated 
sector, particularly in, in something like city investment. How, how, what's your vibe on that? What, what, you know, how far have we come in the time you've been involved with, 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 the, with the business, with the sector, and, and, and what still needs to be done? I think we have come a long way since I started. Um, and I think actually awareness of the issue is a pretty fundamental starting point. Um, from, from an organisational perspective, I think the best approach is to lead by example. None of the issues mm-hmm. that we're grappling with are going to change overnight. And in some organisations, it's a bigger problem than, than others. So I think it's more about questioning accepted behaviours and and taking steps to to make those changes but without the expectation that there's going to be some sudden seismic shift in the way that people do business or uh, the way that we look at operating yeah and i think you realized on some interesting things in the past relative to like the women's leadership initiative and some other key programs that they put in place to kind of help certainly urban that. plan as well which is basically yeah, going into on the educational side Absolutely. yeah yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i would say is on the education side i mean whether it be the diversity piece or like how you get people to engage in a more meaningful way, the paths of education to date kind of like drive you down a very specialized path, right? Whether it be finance and investment, urban planning, local government, these kinds of things, you you get these strands and then you have these people who are kind of sitting on these separate islands and they don't know how to talk to each other. So uh, a lot of times what I see the biggest value that ULI has is you you can create a, a panel of people that are kind of from all those different worlds and you bring all those other professionals together. And, you know, when, when you're hanging out afterwards, having a chat, you might be talking with, you know, someone that you have never interfaced with in your life and it might totally change the way you think about something or you recognize a void and then you can maybe use another initiative to the, close that gap. I think the, the ULI's mentoring scheme is also a great way of connecting um, young women, if, if we're talking that, about that specifically, yeah. with um, uh, mentors and, and figureheads, I guess, in, in business that they can look to uh, for that inspiration. So, I mean, that's not just a gender uh, point, but actually just across the board, the access to high senior personnel and their advice is, is important. And having female figures in the business, I think, whichever part of that business it is, is important too. Excellent stuff. Well, look, best of luck with everything, guys. And um, certainly we'll be seeing you at some events very soon. So thank thank you you to uh, Chris from The Collective and Alex from JLL. Thanks very much. Cheers.